The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. Isaiah 61 and 1a. I speak to you now in the name of God, who is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Good morning. It's a joy to be with so many of the Lord's faithful this morning. I'm glad to be here. This is my first offering during this Advent season. I'm excited to share the word of the Lord with you all this morning. The church is in a season known as Advent, a season in which it celebrates the coming of Jesus Christ. And I don't know about you, but I always get a little nervous around the Advent season. I promise I wrote this, Mom, before I knew you were going to be here, so... I'm sorry. (laughs) Why? Well, honestly, I can't wait for anything. I never could. As a kid, I loved Christmas, but I hated waiting for the buildup. I hated all the stuff that went on before the, the real thing, like opening up the presents. I wanted to unwrap my presents right away, and so I often did. And after peeking... (laughs) You see why I said that? (laughs) And after peeking, I spent the rest of the day hiding from my parents, trying to rewrap the gifts and get them back under the tree before my parents could notice, before I was caught. I didn't like surprises. And it's not so much the surprise as much as it is the waiting on them. And before you all judge me, I want to point out that I get it very honestly. We live in an instant culture. Modern people don't know how to wait for anything. We don't have to. Nearly everything can be made expressed, instant. Nearly every mode of delivery comes with expedited this or express shipping that. We don't have to wait. Instant is always our option. We don't like waiting in line at the grocery store, so we pay a little extra to have someone deliver it to our car, or pay a little more to have someone deliver our groceries to our front door. We order from Amazon with our Prime memberships so that we get our packages in two days rather than having to wait the the standard five. Everything in our culture, from from coffee to to, to the delivery of our packages, seems to come in an instant with no waiting required option. Truth be told, that's where many of us struggle in our relationship with the Lord. There is no instant option with God. No box we can check to have our prayer request answered sooner. Instead, it seems, the only real option for a Christian in this instant society is to rely on God's faithfulness. So what do we do when we're, struggle, when we're tired and we're struggling with waiting and with faithfulness? Who do we turn to? I don't mean to meddle in your business, but maybe some of you in this room are there now, struggling with your relationship with the Lord and wondering what you should, whether you should wait on him or give up. Or maybe, it's simple, with, or maybe it's simply with faithfulness. You're struggling in your walk and you want to remain faithful, but you're wondering how to do so against all the odds. If that's you in this room, I invite you to our text, Isaiah 61. 
Isaiah is a prophet, and he's trying to do his best to encourage people who are perhaps tired of waiting. You see, God made great promises to them. On one hand, Isaiah is trying to be a faithful prophet and say only what the Lord has told him to say. And on the other, the people he is talking to are very tired of waiting. He tries to encourage them with phrases like this. This one you may know well. They that wait upon the Lord shall they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. But for many of them this was far from their everyday reality. The people Isaiah is trying to encourage have been in exile, some for nearly 70 years. And much of that was under an impressive rule. They, had their sto- they heard stories about God and how he would send them a servant, a Messiah, a great man to deliver them. But after so long, waiting grew old. And, throughout the day, and though the day of the Lord was promised to be fulfilled, in their mind's eye, that day grew distant and dim. For many of them, it seemed much easier to throw in the towel and give up and succumb to the culture around them. In our text, Isaiah is prophesying about what the deliverer would say and ultimately what he would do. He says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of prisons to all those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all those who mourn and to grant those who, are in, who mourn in Zion, and to give them beauty, a beautiful headdress instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of faint spirits, that they may be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, and that he, the Lord, may be glorified. And people were excited about it at first, I mean, who wouldn't be? After years of hardship and exile and oppression, who wouldn't want all of this stuff, right? But the trouble was, they wanted all the good stuff without giving God their hearts. They, too, were struggling with waiting on God to fulfill his promises and with faithfulness to him. You see, their inability to escape their physical captivity was only a sign of, their deeper, of a deeper spiritual issue, their inability to free themselves from their own sin. And I can imagine they had, they had spent their whole life looking for someone to help them deal with an impressive government or their outward signs when they should have been looking for someone to help them deal with the oppressive nature of the sin that was lurking in their hearts. So who is this Messiah? This Savior, who shall we wait on? Isaiah speaks in types and shadows and doesn't give us this character's name. Everybody wants to know. People in our gospel are even asking John the same question. And the prophet begin, as the prophet begins his ministry, who are you and who is this Messiah? John admits that he's not the Messiah, but he's adamant that the Messiah is in fact coming. 
People everywhere are familiar with Isaiah's words, but they have no idea who they're looking for. And at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, Jesus stands up in the synagogue and reads this passage from Isaiah, the passage which we just read. And he says, today, that scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. People who struggled to grasp this at this moment didn't understand who Jesus was. Many of them struggled with this. John even sent his disciples to ask Jesus the same question. Are you the one? Who shall, who, are you the one or who is to come or shall we wait for another? And after Jesus healed many of them, he said this, Go and tell John, the blind receive their sight, the lame walk, leopards are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, and the poor have good news preached to them. And blessed is the one who is not offended by me. Did you catch it? Did you catch just what happened right there? I know you did. Jesus answered John's question by fulfilling Isaiah's prophecy about the Messiah. Jesus is the Messiah. Jesus Christ is the one who was, who has, and is yet to come. He is the one our souls long for. The one whose message of, of oppression the one whose message lifted the oppression of our souls and in one who we can experience true joy. If truth be told, a lot of the trouble we're in, we've got ourselves there. And yes, Jesus can help. But Jesus didn't need to die to get us out of our situations. Jesus needed to die to handle our sin because it was our sin that kept us away from God. It was our sin that separated us from the Lord. And the good news is not that we get more stuff when we get to heaven or we get free from the stuff that we are dealing with down here. The good news of the gospel is that when we had fallen into sin and become subject to evil and death, God in his mercy sent Jesus Christ to die for our, salva to die for our salvation. That's the good news of the gospel. That's the message of Advent. We're waiting on the coming of Jesus. We're remembering his coming. And what do we do while we're waiting for this, for this Messiah? We get rid of the sin in our lives. We commit our ways to the Lord. We give him our hearts. What do we do when we're waiting on the Messiah to come? In the midst of Advent, we give God a yes, yes to his will, yes to his way, yes to his plan for our lives, and we abandon ours. We believe his promise to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, and like Paul, we know that he is able to do it. And so with boldness, we can pray. Stir up your power, O Lord, and with great might come among us. And because we are so hindered, so hindered, so sorely hindered by our sins, let your bountiful grace and mercy speedily help and deliver us through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The Lord is coming quickly. I pray that we're all ready this Advent season. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.